Section One of Essays, Book One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Giessen. Essays, Book One, by Michel de Montaigne, translated by Charles Cotton that men by various ways arrive at the same end the most usual way of appeasing the indignation of such as we have any way offended when we see them in possession of the power of revenge and find that we absolutely lie at their mercy is by submission to move them to commiseration and pity and yet bravery constancy and resolution however quite contrary means have sometimes served to produce the same effect edward prince of wales note edward the black prince the same who so long governed our guienne a personage whose condition and fortune have in them a great deal of the most notable and most considerable parts of grandeur having been highly incensed by the limousins and taking their city by assault was not either by the cries of the people or the prayers and tears of the women and children abandoned to slaughter and prostrate at his feet for mercy to be stayed from prosecuting his revenge till penetrating further into the town he at last took notice of three french gentlemen who with incredible bravery alone sustained the power of his victorious army then it was that consideration and respect under so remarkable a valour first stopped the torrent of his fury and that his clemency beginning with these three cavaliers was afterwards extended to all the remaining inhabitants of the city skanderbeg prince of epirus pursuing one of his soldiers with purpose to kill him the soldier having in vain tried by all the ways of humility and supplication to appease him resolved as his last refuge to face about and await him sword in hand which behaviour of his gave a sudden stop to his captain's fury who foreseeing him assume so notable a resolution received him into grace an example however that might suffer another interpretation with such as have not read of the prodigious force and valour of that prince the emperor conrad the third having besieged guelph duke of bavaria would not be prevailed upon what mean and unmanly satisfactions soever were tendered to him to condescend to milder conditions than that the ladies and gentlewomen only who were in the town with the duke might go out without violation of their honour on foot and with so much only as they could carry about them whereupon they out of magnanimity of heart 
presently contrived to carry out upon their shoulders their husbands and children and the duke himself a sight at which the emperor was so pleased that ravished with the generosity of the action he wept for joy and immediately extinguishing in his heart the mortal and capital hatred he had conceived against this duke he from that time forward treated him and his with all humanity the one and the other of these two ways would with great facility work upon my nature for i have a marvellous propensity to mercy and mildness and to such a degree that i fancy of the two i should sooner surrender my anger to compassion than to esteem and yet pity is reputed a vice among the stoics who will that we succour the afflicted but not that we should be so affected with their sufferings as to suffer with them i conceived these examples not ill-suited to the question in hand and the rather because therein we observe these great souls assaulted and tried by these two several ways to resist the one without relenting and to be shook and subjected by the other it may be true that to suffer a man's heart to be totally subdued by compassion may be imputed to facility effeminacy and over-tenderness whence it comes to pass that the weaker natures as of women children and the common sort of people are the most subject to it but after having resisted and disdained the power of groans and tears to yield to the sole reverence of the sacred image of valour this can be no other than the effect of a strong and inflexible soul enamoured of and honouring masculine and obstinate courage nevertheless astonishment and admiration may in less generous minds beget a like effect witness the people of thebes who having put two of their generals upon trial for their lives for having continued in arms beyond the precise term of their commission very hardly pardoned pelopidas who bowing under the weight of so dangerous an accusation made no manner of defence for himself nor produced other arguments than prayers and supplications whereas on the contrary epaminondas falling to recount magniloquently the exploits he had performed in their service and after a haughty and arrogant manner reproaching them with ingratitude and injustice they had not the heart to proceed any further in his trial but broke up the court and departed the whole assembly highly commending the high courage of this personage note plutarch how far a man may praise himself chapter five dionysius the elder after having by a tedious siege and through exceeding great difficulties taken the city of reggio 
and in it the governor phaeton a very gallant man who had made so obstinate a defence was resolved to make him a tragical example of his revenge in order whereunto he first told him that he had the day before caused his son and all his kindred to be drowned to which phaeton returned no other answer but this that they were then by one day happier than he after which causing him to be stripped and delivering him into the hands of the tormentors he was by them not only dragged through the streets of the town and most ignominiously and cruelly whipped but moreover vilified with most bitter and contumelious language yet still he maintained his courage entire all the way with a strong voice and undaunted countenance proclaiming the honourable and glorious cause of his death namely for that he would not deliver up his country into the hands of a tyrant at the same time denouncing against him a speedy chastisement from the offended gods at which dionysius reading in his soldiers looks that instead of being incensed at the haughty language of this conquered enemy to the contempt of their captain and his triumph they were not only struck with admiration of so rare a virtue but moreover inclined to mutiny and were even ready to rescue the prisoner out of the hangman's hands he caused the torturing to cease and afterwards privately caused him to be thrown into the sea man in good earnest is a marvellous vain fickle and unstable subject and on whom it is very hard to form any certain and uniform judgment for pompey could pardon the whole city of the mamertines though furiously incensed against it upon the single account of the virtue and magnanimity of one citizen zeno note plutarch calls him steno and also stemnos and stenis who took the fault of the public wholly upon himself neither entreated other favour but alone to undergo the punishment for all and yet Scylla's host having in the city of perugia note plutarch says preneste a town of latium manifested the same virtue obtained nothing by it either for himself or his fellow-citizens and directly contrary to my first examples the bravest of all men and who was reputed so gracious to all those he overcame alexander having after many great difficulties forced the city of gaza and entering found betis who commanded there and of whose valour in the time of this siege he had most marvellous manifest proof alone forsaken by all his soldiers his armour hacked and hewed to pieces covered all over with blood and wounds and yet still fighting in the crowd of a number of macedonians who were laying on him on all sides 
he said to him nettled at so dear bought a victory for in addition to the other damage he had two wounds newly received in his own person thou shalt not die betis as thou dost intend be sure thou shalt suffer all the torments that can be inflicted on a captive to which menace the other returning no other answer but only a fierce and disdainful look what says alexander observing his haughty and obstinate silence is he too stiff to bend a knee is he too proud to utter one suppliant word truly i will conquer this silence and if i cannot force a word from his mouth i will at least extract a groan from his heart and thereupon converting his anger into fury presently commanded his heels to be bored through causing him alive to be dragged mangled and dismembered at a cart's tail note quintus curtius book four chapter six this act of cruelty has been doubted notwithstanding the statement of curtius was it that the height of courage was so natural and familiar to this conqueror that because he could not admire he respected it the less or was it that he conceived valour to be a virtue so peculiar to himself that his pride could not without envy endure it in another or was it that the natural impetuosity of his fury was incapable of opposition certainly had it been capable of moderation it is to be believed that in the sack and desolation of thebes to see so many valiant men lost and totally destitute of any further defence cruelly massacred before his eyes would have appeased it where there were above six thousand put to the sword of whom not one was seen to fly or heard to cry out for quarter but on the contrary every one running here and there to seek out and to provoke the victorious enemy to help them to an honourable end not one was seen who however weakened with wounds did not in his last gasp yet endeavour to revenge himself and with all the arms of a brave despair to sweeten his own death in the death of an enemy yet did their valour create no pity and the length of one day was not enough to satiate the thirst of the conqueror's revenge but the slaughter continued to the last drop of blood that was capable of being shed and stopped not till it met with none but unarmed persons old men women and children of them to carry away to the number of thirty thousand slaves end of section one